You ready? One, two, ready? All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Afro United Podcast. This is episode three. Uh, my name is Bumi, again, your host for today. I'm going to let my guests introduce themselves, so we'll start from this side. Uh, my name is Shope, for the people that can't pronounce Shokbe. Um, so, Shope or Shokbe. And my name is Thurman. A lot of people call me Thurm. Hi, I'm Alicia. Everybody calls me Alicia. Hi, my name is Kumi. People do call me Kumi. <laughs> awesome. So today we are talking about, you know, the history of Africa in America. So basically, looking back the last 10 years, we've seen a lot of changes, right? About how people accepted Africans or, you know, so compared to now, right? So, you know, from you guys' point of view, looking back 10 years ago, whatever you remember about Africans, what was that like for you? So, anybody, we can start from this side. What is that like, you know, being an African in America? Uh, so, I came here from England. <clears throat> and in London, where I live, there's a whole, like, immigrant community. Um, at some point, one of the prime ministers in England said, multiculturalism has failed because <clears throat> what people do is they live in their pockets, right? So if you went to England, you would live with other Americans and you just live in your community and occasionally you would exchange ideas through business or through, he said that plan has failed, that England is, I don't know. I thought his statement was low key kind of racist because I think multiculturalism worked in England because people were free to bring in their culture and show their culture off in the best ways. So for me, I wasn't woke in England. I, I became woke when I, when I started applying for scholarships here. Um, I applied for a scholarship on diversity, I applied for a scholarship on social justice. And those two scholarships changed my life because then I started like reflecting internally about what like being black in America looks like and being African in America looks like. So for me, I think it is cool to be African but only because in America, we flip the image where we're like, oh, they're not African-American, they're African, right? So white people are okay with Africans because they're like, they're not black, they're African, which is low-key kind of racist, but it, it is the system that we live in. Uh, as an American, technically, uh, I feel like in America, we don't really, we have too many mixing pots of cultures. And one of the things that sucks is, you know, I am black. I do have African blood somewhere in me, but I don't know where that would come from. I gotta take a DNA test. And even when I take that DNA test, it's who do I connect with to reestablish my roots and get more acclimated with my culture. And just like you were saying is, you know, as an African, you're, exotic you're foreign it's like seeing a Chinese person or maybe seeing an Indian person where you have me it's like ah you're black so you have one of those you know back and forth where it's just like you know you're African I'm black even though we're the same we might have the same blood we might have the same background we are very different just based off of that 
um, I guess for me, being black American, um, this it was something that I never really thought about growing up. Um, to me, you know, just with the things that we face as black and African people as a society, um, that was more ingrained in me growing up. And so I just looked, I didn't see a difference, really. Um, if you were black, you were black. Because I feel like we, you know, Growing up, um, you know, I'm a little older, so I was an 80s baby, and so not too far from, you know, all of the things that were going on, the racism in my ancestors, so I was very aware of those things, so when I look at us, I look at us as a united front and a team, and I know a lot of black Americans and then possibly African um, Americans as well didn't really believe that way but that's just like the belief that I had um, and so I would always wonder like why we weren't more united because I feel like at the end of the day we are still we're all fighting the same battle um, so even then and then today you know that's just the way that I view things um, I did do the DNA ancestry test uh, but not for the reasons that other people I feel like did it either um, I did it just because just my physical features people would comment on so like my hair wasn't black enough or like my eyes um, even my family they would say that I look like I have like a lot of Asian in me so I took it to prove a point that I didn't have Asian <laughs> because everybody has jokes <laughs> um, it, it was because there was <laughs> so it did it showed 28% um, Nigeria and then okay. uh, 23% uh, Congo so yes but no but there no was Asian. a little European in there too <laughs> just, just confirm there's no Asian in there there was no Asian in there <laughs> for everybody out in the crowd who thinks they know I mean because growing up like my nickname you know I say people call me Alicia but people that are closest to me my nickname is Ming so <laughs> you mean <laughs> um, and I've just accepted it but I say that to say you know I know that over like you said the last 10 years um, there's kind of been a shift and I've noticed it as well um, I think that maybe with a lot of people it's the cool thing to do and to be um, but for me it's always been the cool thing to be um, and I just have embraced myself and then those around me who look like me um, so yeah Um, so I think I, there are two fronts I want to talk about it from. So one being a, a Nigerian who grew up in Nigeria and moved here for college about eight years ago. So um, coming in, first of all, I didn't know uh, that racism was a thing. Like, yes, like you come in and you see what the media tells you uh, for the most part, but also for us, we're, we're just looking at America as America. Like, oh yeah, it's just like everyone is just, you know, everything is Gucci. <laughs> it's not. And, and I come and I'm like, oh, raw, it's not. Like, it's you not. know, there's, uh, there's discrimination, there are all these things that actually um, somewhat still segregate the black people from the white and other races and uh, so that was the major thing I really had concern about um, but then when I look at it from the aspect of Nigerians who either were born here or have lived here for a long time they've they see it from a completely different perspective because for them they're 
their roots are Nigerian. Their parents are as Nigerian as my parents back home in Nigeria. But the environment where they find themselves every day is not. So that's where that difference is. But, and they can't, for the most part, when they try to connect with people who look like them, there's always that divide still. That's, you hear the term African booty scratcher, stuff like that, you know? Like then, uh, like it wasn't cool to be African, apparently. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. know that, because I'm coming in, I'm just like, yeah, okay, America, cool. But yeah. the other Nigerians who lived here, they they had it rough, you know? They, they come to school and apparently they get like, you know, made fun of for being African. And so I think that that kind of brings us to the point of this in the past 10 years, like we've seen more recognition to Africa. We've seen people, you know, the music, want to go the there. food, the people want to go there, the yeah. culture. Yeah. And it's, it's easy to look at it like, oh, so now y'all want to be cool. So now, <laughs> now it's hip, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Right, but also, we can look at it from the other aspect is like, this is great. Like this is, we're getting more in tune yeah. with who we are. Like, uh, like where you said Therm, Therm, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what you said about, um, you know, then you didn't really know a lot about um, where your roots are. But now you see a lot of people are coming in and they want to know more. And we could, we could, probably thank social media for that you know the world is more and more technology has really uh, changed how we look at things and so people are more involved in that people want to know more people want to you know Afrobeat is like the hottest thing right now like Burna Boy, Davido, all this and and it's great and so you there's definitely that outlook of oh yeah, you all would call me African booty scratcher. So like for the people who grew up here, they could have that like, I, I can see them being a little salty about it. Yeah. But you know, also it's, it's great overall for us as a community because we're, we're coming together. We're appreciating who we are as a people and everyone is acknowledging that we all come from, you know, Africa and like, you know, the motherland. So I think that's, from my perspective, I think that's really cool, and I like to see that. But, yeah. And I like to leverage off of everybody. It's it's cool for you, and then just where we've come over the course of a decade. Because ten years ago, it'd be 2010. Yeah. I'll go a little bit further than ten years ago. <laughs> um, we're still coming from a American culture that dripped off of you know our ancestors being brought over and being ripped from their culture time and time again until we were pretty much neutralized and we had no culture but America like no you're not black or you're not African you're American you're not African you're American you're not African and it's to a point now it's kind of like an abandonment because if we all got on a plane right now with Nigeria y'all would have a heyday <laughs> and I would be struggling I would not feel I was a part of that community at all maybe maybe we'll see we'll see right um, but yeah and I think 
back then we didn't have as much connectivity as we did right now with the internet and with social media and things like that. So you have those pockets where over here in this pocket, it's funny to say, oh, when the lights go out, hey, Thurman, smile so we can see it. It's, you know, in this pocket, it's funny to say, oh, you're an African booty scratcher. But then, you know, there's that one kid that doesn't think that's funny. And then there's those two people that don't think it's funny. And then we get more acclimated with the internet and then now this pocket connects with that pocket connects with that pocket and everybody can stand up and speak together and then you bring over the Nigerian culture and then you got the people that didn't speak up like yo this is this is dope and then now your African booty scratchers and your smile so we can see you are kind of like oh we're we're outnumbered as hell like (laughs) so I, I think we can thank the media and we thank you know you guys for your courage to just come to a foreign country and really just be yourself and just to piggyback on that a little bit so I've been in America for 15 years now so I was like I was a kid getting called African Buddhist crasher in school like I hated high school I hated my school honestly so like looking back now I'm like I get it because this kid they didn't know any better right so I won't lie to you like I did not I did not I, I mean I feel like that's what they see in the in social media they see Africa as this poor country like they walk up to me ask me stupid questions like do you guys wear shoes in, in Nigeria do you do you guys do that do this and that so like I was very frustrated like I did not like African Americans like black Americans I did not like them back then right because even white people love me like I was more <laughs> I, I prefer to hang out with white people because they did not ask me those questions right and then like black people that actually look like me I thought oh I'll be you know it'd be easier right but it wasn't I went to I won't say the name of the school but it's not a it's not a high school anymore you know so but it was very <laughs> it, was, it was a very tough time so I did not like my experience but when I got to college it was different so now I have the now that's why I said I think it was that that, that that group of people. So when I got to college, people have you know people have sense now. So it was I was actually happy to be you know black, right? But obviously now it's cool to be African now. Like everybody wants to everybody wants to go to Ghana the year of the return last year. Like I wanted to go back home, but the ticket was so expensive because they jacked up the price because everybody wants to go to Africa now. I'm like, bro, and like before it wasn't like that, which I like now that people want to go. You talked about DNA, which is pretty cool. Like, you know, people want to take their DNA test to know where they're from. Um, so I think it's pretty cool. So let's talk a little bit about that DNA test. Before we go there, I want to take a pause and say shout out to Level level up gaming lounge and bar it's a black owned business on east washington street everything area so shout out to them for letting us use their space today so i like to support black business as we all do so we're here to promote them as well also shout out to them for letting us use this space so let's go back to that dna test so from your experience did you uh did you did you took one before have you t- are you taking one or are you going to take one all of that what do you think about people wanting to take dna test so we can start from your side um I think DNA test is uh, interesting. I recently spoke to a, uh, an African-American scholar who presented as, I mean, if you looked at her, you would think she was white. And her name is Francois Bayless. Um, really cool person, right? Really, 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 she, I, I think she's Canadian, so that might be the, the French um, spin. Oh, oh. Yeah, I, I read, so I read a piece that she wrote and basically in the piece, she talks about like her black identity, right? Because when people found out she was black, they were like whispering about it. Like, did you know? Did you, did you know she black? Like, can you, why is she black? But she's always known she's black because she grew up with a black mother 
And so it's like, it's just inherent. Like she has cousins, all shades of black, right? So it's like for her, she's black. She recognizes she's black. Everybody else like me sees her as a white lady. So like, what does that mean for her identity? Cause she knows she's black, but we don't. Right? And then the DNA piece comes in where now people, black people are looking up to see where they come from. I'm, I'm not gonna take one. I know where I'm from. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the pieces about the way we look, if our DNA comes from different parts of the, the world, that's fair enough. I mean, long ago, maybe Genghis Khan crossed the, into Africa and spread his DNA amongst African people. Maybe, who knows, right? But it, it, in reality, does that matter? That's the real question here. Does that matter and why does that matter? Because I think some of the pieces we have to understand around DNA is power. And it's power to know where you're from, be able to connect to where you're from. Some of those pieces of like people intentionally, slave owners intentionally stripping away African culture from African slaves so that they don't know who they are, so that they don't have strength in unity. That stuff is jacked up. And if people want to reclaim that by taking DNA tests to know where they're from, to know what part of Africa, um, what countries in Africa they, they identify with, I'm cool with that. But it's a power play. White people are still making money off those DNA tests. So, like, who won? Did you win or did they win? <laughs> like, maybe, maybe if there are, like, black-owned DNA testing shops, I'd be like, okay, so maybe we're contributing back into the economy. Maybe we're giving back to our community. But if you really think about it, the government is using this stuff too, right? So when they collect your DNA, you think, oh, yeah, it's safe. But they can, they can find out you know, who you're related to that way. When you get arrested and your information goes into the system, so you they, can, you they can connect something. the dots. That's why you did. They can connect yeah. the dots. <laughs> I mean, you have, to, you have to think about these pieces right. when you contribute your DNA into a massive yeah. uh-huh. database. Yeah. So True that's how I feel about it. Uh, I feel the exact same way as my man Chopay over here. Um, you know, I love conspiracies. I'm always into conspiracies. <laughs> I won't get into any conspiracies, but I, I do feel like that. Like, you're giving out information that can be used against you because it's crazy how, and nothing against you on your DNA test, but it's, <laughs> it's crazy how if I want to go and do a DNA test, there's so much fine print that you've got to read through. It's like... I should just be able to say, yes, you can analyze this to get me my results and send them back. That's it. I feel that should only be two, three pages. Why is there 50 pages of subclause? And nobody ever reads that anyway. We, we, we jump straight and click it, and then we'll get upset later and try to file charges and find out that. But um, I think I found out something the other day, and pardon my ignorance if everybody else knew this, but when you have a baby, uh, one of my dudes, congrats, Taylor, he had his third child. He took his shirt off so he could hold his baby because the baby for the first few hours or days or so needs that skin-to-skin contact with the parents. And it's that energy, that spirituality that transfers back and forth that kind of gives you strength. And I feel that 
not knowing where you came from it kind of sounds weird because like i want to know that i'm african so i can party with my africans like i gotta know first so i know i'm i'm cool oh i'm actually asian well i'm gonna go party with Ming in the back and hang it but it's just like it's just the energy you get from people that share the same blood as you you know i can go to a party with white people indian people and have a good time but i went to church the other day out in tulsa oklahoma and it was probably 80 percent black and we were jamming having a good time like it was almost like a concert that was free it was dope (laughs) and it's like you can't get that energy anywhere else and i wonder if other people feel the exact same of different races it's just you you can't get that nowhere else so maybe i do need to take a dna test but if you go missing i'll know i won't take one Um, just to add to that, um, I, on accident, took the DNA test, right? Because, uh, so, you know, they, <laughs> no, no, no. So they offer, it's a website called Caller. They offer it at work where they tell you about your, if your family had diabetes and all that. So, like a month later, they sent me my DNA. I'm like, I did not, I didn't even knew I signed up for this, right? So they told me, luckily, 100% Nigerian. So I'm like, okay, I was not worried about Shocker. it. So I'm like, <laughs> but, <laughs> Um, to piggyback what you said about the energy, right? So, I mean, you've been to my I mean, my house parties before with the Nigerians. Like, the music, I mean, like, everybody's jammy. So, definitely the energy, you know, when you're around the people that look like you or, I mean, I, I've never been to all, well, I guess I have been to all white, but they are, they're having a great time. And I'm out here looking like, oh, damn, what the hell is going on? You know, but when I go to my Nigerians or go to my black Americans or whatever, right, it's lit. Like, we are here jamming. We don't care about, like, I'll be out here sweating and all that, right? So, this is, so, when you're around the people that look like you or or you know from the same background like the experience the energy is definitely different so I'll let you comment on that or I can start from your side too yeah um yeah so I think overall the whole idea of DNA test I mean I know it was a thing that people did until I think Ancestry was kind of the first one that really got it really popular, right? And maybe, what, four or five years ago? Or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, I feel like they, they started as just trying to, you find your family member. So mm. I feel like now they expanded. You like a family right. tree, but now it's a lot different now. Like, it's crazy. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think it's cool. Um, personally, as well, I, I never really thought there was a need for me to do one. Yeah. I'm probably... Um, completely Nigerian but the thing is you never know right and so it's just like I think it comes down to a point you made Chopin with regards to um, the what the importance that plays to you right and like it's more of a mental thing right and like for you it was you know there's all these questions people making you question your identity and all that so you you needed to do that to you know you needed that answer and that that that's a very legitimate reason to do that you know and then you think about the whole idea of like be getting that connection to people and um, wanting to make sure you know you can when you're in the right area you can vibe with these people so even if you don't know them you, you're feeling the music and you're like why am I feeling this it's like oh yeah because I'm 23% Nigerian you know? so so like all of the it's all like it's all our mind and it's all like where we want to get our mental right like what what do we 
what are we trying to achieve? And I think that answer kind of comes down to that connection, to that, um, to that aspect of, you know, wanting to be uh, people, wanting to have that oneness. And uh, I, I really love it. I, um, I think I'm very fortunate to come to America in a time where this integration is being exponential. Because I can't even imagine what it was like for, say, people of, say, our parents' generations when they came at our age maybe because there's some of like like your your parents probably came like i don't know like that by time they came they were still at that point where you know they probably they probably like the white man more than they like their fellow fellow black americans i mean even to even to to now right yeah Yeah, like my uncles i have a lot of family in texas and they'll be the first to say "Mm -mm, no don't don't do this (laughs) don't go this part of town this part of town this no for real (laughs) and it's like yes yes that's a big one that's a a big one and you you kind of wonder wonder why that is right and like why do we actually uh why do we have that that in in the older generations more but why do we have that disparity and why do africans feel like african americans are you know they're not people you should be hanging out with and all that that's the media though like the media makes you think you know make you not want to do that like i mean he has to it like my mom i literally told my mom stop watching tv but I I think, yeah, (laughs) I see that, but, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but just being black American, I think too, it kind of, you know, I hate to say it, but I I feel like it stems from our community because just being African American, you know, growing up, like I said, I experienced stuff just within my own culture, just like the, your, your skin tone, why is my hair the way it is? Like, so therefore, you know, my peers would say, you know, because I have good hair, then I think I'm better and things like that. And so, you know, that kind of plays a role too with me checking to see because when you are, when we're constantly combating and fighting each other, you know, me coming from the family culture that I come from, we're just all loving and accepting with everybody. So then when I am out into, get put out into the real world and get into school and I start to see everybody, you know, I'm loving everybody, but they are trying to exclude me for certain traits that I have, which I have no control over, that kind of starts to mess with your mind. Um, And so you kind of, you want to find your place. So what is my place? Because I'm black. And you know, I still say that like as an adult, like don't question me, I'm black. And they're like, but are you? Like, yes, I am. Um, So, you know, I feel like I'm constantly have to prove that. But then that comes with, you know, different with with females that are African-American you know we they have like this and I don't know if you guys are familiar but like that the brown paper bag challenge like if your skin is darker oh, yeah. then wow. you're not as beautiful yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you know you were you you were 
were the you were that you were the house slave, so therefore you think you're better, like things like that. Yeah, and so um, I think just within our culture, if we're doing that to each other, just with African Americans, I could see how Africans can look in and see like you you can't even you're not even loving each other. So why would we want to be a part of that? Because I feel like you know you guys are more unified um, as a culture, and that's something that we all should be. But we we're getting there, but we are not. Yeah, we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. And going off of that, it's kind of back to, you know, being woke and being ripped from your culture and your values and your strength is I feel over the course of the years, you know, you have, for, I think everybody's Nigerian. Nigerian? Oh, all three of us? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so, so we'll just use You're African-American. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll use Nigerian. You know? Nigerian? <laughs> <laughs> so so you, you got Nigerian, you've got the cultures, you've got the values and everything like that, and it's a matter of, you know, a well-organized community. If you two don't know each other, you might still interact, and you'll base your thoughts on him and your thoughts on him off of that conversation, I mean, I like that discussion. I introduced myself this morning, though, to him. Because that was funny. It was like... Oh, yeah. So when he, when he came I'll, I'll let you tell the story <laughs> So he walks up And he <laughs> Went shaking up And I go Shope And then he says his name Kumi And I'm like Oh Shope Shope <laughs> you, you can You can like, say my oh, name The right you know way You can my say my name The right way I feel it I feel it Exactly like that But then you have African American culture Right So we're gonna leave We're, we're gonna set this meter we're gonna leave Nigerians on this side right here, right? So then you go through slavery, you get moved to America, and you start after decades getting ripped from your culture, and then now you have black American, okay? So you've got individuals like ourselves, but you get people that are so lost that they end up becoming what we call, you know, the ratchet or the hoodlums or the people that feel very entitled but they don't want to pursue a further education they don't want to better themselves and then that weighs down on the generations that they produce and then you end up with a broken up community so you have your yuppies and your young black professionals and individuals that are you know doing real estate or in the tech industry and doing this and then you have individuals that don't go to school they may drop out they may not do college they you know pick up jobs just to make money and basically just to sustain life and this community ends up breeding or exuding this kind of what is it machoism so you know you gotta you gotta be a man you gotta be the the real you know the realest you know monkey in the jungle and now we're fighting each other now we're shooting each other we're robbing each other we're stealing from each other and it just continues to mass produce then you have kids and you put that on your kids and then they have kids and it pretty much becomes kind of a plague and then you got the Africans that come in and it's like oh my dad said to avoid this community over here because of what's happening and then you have your professional African Americans that are just kind of like there's nothing wrong with me like I'm black just like you, so yeah. Yeah. That was deep. You want to add to that? Yeah, you did. I mean, so I've I've never heard that from an African American perspective, right? I've heard it from the Nigerian perspective, and I think the Nigerian perspective is really harsh. Like in our culture, we're not about the like cuddling each other about the truth. We're really about just like smacking each other up with the truth. You smell. Go shower. That's what my aunt said that to me one time. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. 
It's okay. But like that, I mean, could she have done it in a more loving way that that would have made me think about it differently? Did she just present the reasoning to me better? Yeah, of course she could have. But that was the way she knew and that was the way she grew up. Now, when you present that story and that narrative that way, I mean, it is what Africans see, you know, coming in. However, it doesn't have to be where the story ends, right? So as Africans, we don't have to go, oh man, there are some people in the African-American community that believe this, this, and this, and don't want to give or contribute in this way. That's not everybody though, is it? You know what I mean? There are enough people out here doing things the right way, right? When we say the right way, that there are some power dynamics there too right that's a whole different conversation because the right way isn't really the right way it's just the european way it's just the american way it's people telling us it's the right way in order to have progress in any community we have to be able to be self-reflective and when we don't have the cross-cultural conversation and we just stay in our lane and we go yeah i think i know why he's doing that and that's kind of jacked up my mama i'm gonna tell i'm not gonna tell him anything my dad would be like oh i see this this and this about this community i think they could be doing this differently and i'm like okay that's cool that's fair enough thank you that that's literally my piece to my other african people like i get it but you have to engage in the conversation ain't nobody gonna read your mind out here like nobody can tell what you're thinking go out there connect with the people connect with the community that you think needs to hear this message and share the message like we're doing here yeah I totally agree with that, you know, and I mean, if you know me personally, I like to bring everybody like this together so we can all talk about it, right? How do we move forward, right? So, because African, we like to keep everything to ourselves, like in our little community, we have the education, like we, I mean, average Nigerian has like a master's degree, like that's what we do, but we don't go back to the African-American brothers and tell them like, hey bro, you need to get your shit together, right? So you're not left behind. So we don't, we don't do that. We need to do that more. We need to have this conversation so we can all help each other. Because in America, we're still black to the to the to the white man. If you get pulled over by the cop, yeah, you know, if you get pulled over by the cop, you're still a black man. So like, you know, like let's all come together. So, with that being said, you know, I want you guys to get your final talk in, you know, because for that that 30 minutes, you know, keep it keep it keep it like that. So, what else you want to add to this conversation, and then we can wrap up. We can start with you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, first of all, I'm. This is great. I'm really glad to be here and, you know, talking about things like this in our community, our culture. And uh, I think overall, the fact that we can do stuff like this means we're pointing in the right direction, right? Um, and I think taking out, taking it out of here too, and just always being able to, being conscious that um, no matter the um, differences, we have more in common deep down than we have different. And to be able to connect with each other and make sure that we're growing as a people, we gotta help each other out. We gotta be able to um, have those real conversations, um, be able to involve people, you know, in in social aspects of our lives as well, you know, the things we do and just um, also bringing it back to the community here in Indianapolis or Indiana overall. Um, you know, getting more more involved into the community in a way that we can see um, or get. Oh, 
in a way that we can connect more with the with the community we can connect more with the the, the people and in that way when we have that connection we tend to grow you know the what's that that saying the tide raises all ships you know so if you're if you're if you have that connection with other people and if you're if they if they see that you know the things you're doing are good you know people no one everyone likes good things you know so if you see your buddy like damn he he has his he has his shit together you know like you want to do that too hey man how'd you do this how how can i learn this and like you know and so that interaction just helps us grow as a people but yeah so i we're we're going in the right direction and yeah i'm excited so yeah thanks I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, I agree, but you know, also it's just that education piece. So just continuing to educate those around us um, and then reaching down towards the youth because unfortunately it is a cycle and um, it starts in the household. And if you don't know better, you can't do better. Um, and unfortunately, we just don't start to realize until we get into that point of higher education and meeting those outside of our neighborhood. Um, so just reaching back, continuing the education, um, mentoring, being in the community, um, those are all the things that you know I continue to try to do to do my part. Um, I feel like if we all continue to do that and ask questions and are open to conversations, um, we can definitely keep on this track. Um, definitely great points, guys. Um, I do want to thank Boomy for allowing me to be here today. And it's important to just remember that you know, all it takes is one, you know, you, for lack of better terms, you know, you got the coronavirus that started somewhere with one thing and we see what it's growing to be. I know, I know. It's the most relevant. It's the most relevant. Um, you look at all these major companies, Google, Apple, uh, Salesforce, they started with one idea and one individual. Um, and then, you know, you look at Boomi, you know, this podcast and the different things that Boomi does, all it takes is one person and one influence on another for it to really spread. So I think it's really just a matter of continuing to have different things like this where you can get together and share thoughts. And maybe somebody watches this podcast and they decide to do something else on their end to kind of leverage off of this. And I think that's truly how you get that growth. Uh, yeah, I think for my final thoughts, I, I think I'm always a big person for conversations. Um, and I'm not sure why, but I think conversations are where we start any social justice movement, any movement towards justice, any movement towards progress. Um, and I think it's about sharing ideas um, and learning from each other. I think. A major piece of where we go wrong sometimes is feeling like we're the experts and we're the only expert. You know, like my opinion is the only opinion that matters. I am happy to say I've been wrong multiple times, maybe my whole life, about about issues, right? And then I hear a different perspective or I hear a perspective that echoes my perspective and I'm like, well, I got to change my mind now. I got I to gotta change. And we have to be okay saying that. I mean, our politics, if you see Joe Biden, if you see Elizabeth Warren, if you see Bernie Sanders, see all these Democratic candidates, even if you see Donald Trump, right? All these people have changed their minds once or twice in their lives. And you see how the media reacts when they change their mind, right? Oh, man, they're flip-flopping. No, they're just human, right? We're just human. 
you change your opinion, you change your mind because you learned more. I mean, someone I think that is interesting to always look at is Hillary Clinton. I mean, people don't give her praise for doing this, but she always changes her mind because she always learns more information. It's weird because I'm not Hillary Clinton's biggest fan, but when I heard that she actually spends time learning information, like she's just, like if she doesn't know about gentrification, let's say that's a topic, she'll call her expert, listen, learn, change her opinion. So that's what I want to do. That's what I think we should all be doing is taking time to learn um, and encouraging other people to do that too. Just change your mind. Well, with that being said, thank you guys so much for being here. I know we talked a little bit about everything, so I mean, it doesn't have to stop here. So whoever's watching, you know, get out there, go learn about something, right? We don't have to be experts in anything. I mean, I, I'm always learning, you know, so you don't learn everything in school, right? So you learn everything outside a lot of times. So ask questions. Don't assume that all black people are the same. Don't assume all Nigerians are the same. We are a unique individual. So, um, so thank you guys so much for joining me today. Um, also, thank level up gaming bar and lounge they have bar and gaming you cannot I mean what else do you need so come check them out they're in Irvington area East Washington Street um, they are a black owned business so you know we like to support them so with that being said this is it you guys have a beautiful shout out to our videographer they and they have productions they, they make us look good <laughs> awesome thanks guys thank you